It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, first off, as per usual, I do have Cheddar Talk Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It looks like we got a uh, third screen, so do, uh, do we have a special guest? We do. Friend of the show, Pete. <laughs> it's just the name we have for you at this point. <laughs> Hi, Pete. Friend of, the show, friend of the show, Pete, is great. You know, you could also add uh, fantasy football champ for uh, 2023, but uh, we'll stick with friend of the show, Pete. So it's uh, great to be back, guys. Good. So it's wonderful to have you um, make the show better in terms of our Bucks talk, that's for sure, and just general basketball knowledge, uh, among other things. Um, coming to us this week from Parts Unknown, uh, as I don't think that I have the authorization or clearance to describe anything, so we'll just say that much. And uh, we're glad to have you. And if anybody's concerned about it, I mean, like in terms of uh, the clarity of what we're going to get in terms of his recording, uh, please be forgiving because... <laughs> We are trying. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you, you have to say, uh, Pete? I don't know if you – I know you don't really, like, write anywhere or do anything else like that. Do you have anything else you wanted to push or promote? No, not not at this time. Just okay. uh, excited to uh, be, uh, be over the voice instead of just channeled through uh, Aaron's uh, sporadic comments. So great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is how and you. Just, and the occasional boy. I wish we had friend of the show Pete on right now. Yeah. yeah. So now we do. We got him. So we got him. Nice, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Happen. We did it. We got him. All right. Uh, we'll tell you right now too before we get into everything that you can follow this show on Twitter. Twitter continues to exist. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host. Aaron, you can let everybody know where they follow you. Uh, John, of course, you can find me still at Cheddar Talk at Cheddar Talk. Um, good things happening this week. Um, I, I really didn't. Uh, I didn't spark off any uh, verbal riots, but uh, it was pretty close a couple times. All right, I had a couple articles I've posted this week. Um, one, I propose the theory that uh, you should draft quarterback last. And that should be the, the concept for everybody. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, fan bases are going to get you fired if you do it. But I think it is it is literally the best way to draft a football team. But not fantasy-wise, real life. Not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. Uh, Pete, are you still doing the – you've got Coach Budface, right? Yep, I'm at Coach Budface, uh, and uh, I'll start getting a little bit more active uh, now that uh, you know basketball season is in uh, full tilt here. So uh, you'll, you'll be seeing some takes uh, in the near future on Coach Budface again, yes. riling up Boston fans, hopefully. <laughs> They're in full tilt as well. <laughs> All right. All right, well, let's kick everything off with the segment of the show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Okay, so for main event at this point, the part where a lot of the points of the year and most seasons we get to the spot and we call it the you know the abyss, right, Aaron? Um, but we have well, we have basketball I, on three different levels to talk about at least, right? Right. I, either the abyss or we're 
a zombie walking into yet another Packers loss in an NFC championship game right about this time. So uh, we didn't get that this year, uh, nor did we last year. So yeah, we have three, uh, three levels of basketball. Let's uh, get, get yeah. it on. And uh, that's why we got well, Pete here to maybe put some clarity on to what's going on with this buck season and uh, try and uh, try and tell us, try and try and tell us that everything's going to be all right. And uh, yeah. also to a little bit, a little bit of uh, in, uh, uh, some good takes on Marquette basketball. Cause that's kind Absolutely. of his, uh, wheelhouse well we'll start with with bucks because we did get a win today I, th- I believe it's the highest scoring game of the year i mean they put up 150 and they kind of stopped early in the second half because this game was kind of over um and this is the first game in a while where we've seen significant minutes from all the big three so we've got 15 minutes for for uh middleton coming off the bench but it's nice to see that group starting to round back into shape as we get kind of later into the season. Uh, we're in the back half of it now. We're, we're past the, the midpoint. So um, what are your big takeaways at this point, P? I, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about, because you haven't been on here yet for the basketball season, uh, kind of where they are and what is the momentum? Is it positive or negative? It's hard to gauge you know, the momentum still at, at this point. But, you know, I'm looking at a couple, you know, indicators right now. I mean, one of the things I remember, I think we even talked about about this last year was how deep into, you know, the free agent buyout market the Bucks were last year. I mean, there was a total of 29 players that had logged minutes for the Bucks over the course of the entire season, which a lot of it was the early season churn, getting people in and out, figuring out what the roster looks like. And when you kind of sit back at this point, like this team is who it is uh, in terms of gelling and where we're going. Yeah, we've missed Middleton. Yeah, I think it was 20 games. He was back for seven and then uh, missed another 18. So, you know, getting him back into the rotation, you know, working in there, I, I see it trending, you know, in an upward fashion. But at the same time, I mean, when you're looking at some of the indicators, especially, you know, when you look at, you know, we're down. I mean, I'm not sure what it'll look like after tonight, but, you know, 115 points a year ago to 112 today. And then, uh, you know, also, you know, the average age of this team has gotten a little bit older. So, you know, I'd say that, you know, we're, we're trending in the right direction. We have a roster that's going to remain set. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, lo- looking forward, you know, we're in the place that we want to be. Uh, players are generally, you know, performing, you know, I think, you know, Drew, Drew Holiday is having a better overall year than, than he did last year when you, when you look at the stats and just about every category. But uh, yeah, I, I which think one right of now, us? You know, we're, we're, uh, Me? We're upwards. What's, uh, what's your take <laughs> right now? John, are you there? Yes, Aaron. I can hear. Okay, everybody. I was wondering what was going on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, dead air, yeah, yeah, uh, dead air. Oh no, it. I think I, I do believe they're trending back in the right direction, especially yeah. um, with, like you said, with Middleton coming back. Bobby has been a been a, a, a solid foundation for this team. I think he hasn't missed a game so far this year, and if he has, it's been just one or two. Um, and yeah, pieces are in place. Um, it, 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 like we talked about earlier today, Pete, like the knock on the rust off Chris Middleton, it's, it's, uh, it's not like Joe Ingles who had a very uh, defined rehab period where he got hurt at the end of last year. It's going to be X amount of months and you'll be able to start working it here. And then you'll be able to play about here. So, you know, Joe Ingles got to work into playing shape where Chris Middleton kind of worked into playing shape, played, got hurt, and then is like band-aiding it up to come back around now. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, and I'm sure you have some more thoughts on it, Pete, too, about like potentials in the in the in the trades or um, uh, the, the 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 veteran cuts and stuff like that are there bound to happen here. But 
I mean, tonight's game, uh, if there's an indicator, I, it, it's, it's some of the stuff that was lacking earlier on in the season. The Bucks shot 23 from 52 from three-point tonight. Now, that's an obscene amount of three-pointers, but that's a 44% hit rate. I mean, there were times it seemed like earlier in the year that they couldn't hit a single three-pointer to save their butt. And then, you know, and it's it, it's against the Pistons, too, so, you know, take take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. I, I think I think it's going to start coming around, and you know, and it's weird because we're starting to let the other teams in our state, the the Brewers and the Packers, kind of bleed into how we think about things. Because it's, for the last four years, we've always had that mantra, you know, like get back to me at the end of February, you know, we'll <laughs> see what's going on down then. As long as they're in the top four in the Eastern Conference, which they still are easily, yeah. you know, it, it's. And that's with a banged up team. You know, you just hope that they can gel together to get, you know, and all that experience that those other players got while Giannis uh, was down for a short time. And then with Chris is out, you know, that, that one starting lineup that one night, I, it was, it was very, it was very odd. I don't even remember who was all, it was Grayson Allen and Joe Ingles and Brooke and Bobby and somebody else. And well, it's like, that's the team, huh? Well, cool. Good. They're getting experience. So I, I think. Well, well, I, I think, you, you, you hit on it there, too. I mean, when you look at the amount of, you know, games played, I mean, at this point, you know, Bobby Portis uh, and Javon Carter have, have played in each of the games. And, you know, you're talking, you know, 35, or I guess it's 36 now for uh, for Giannis and Drew Holiday, and then seven for Brooke Lopez. But it's also notable that Brooke Lopez has played in 45 games and he's averaging 30 minutes a game, too. Yes. So I, I think mm -hmm. they're, they're asking a lot of, you know, that, you know, 34-year-old seven-foot back, uh you know, that, uh, that he dealt with last year. But w when you look at the health of the Bucks, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I compare it to football sometimes, where it's one of those, you know, Chris Middleton wasn't quite the, we're going to re reevaluate this in two weeks because every time we've ever heard that in sports, it's always like, that, that means like a month because they're not going to reevaluate and say, hey, you're <laughs> back and ready to go. But it's also because the Bucks treat their injuries like the New England Patriots, where you just don't know how that organization operates internally, where... You know, some of, I saw some tweets today where he was saying that inflammation has gone down, swelling has gone down. So I think they definitely were on a more uh, precautionary uh, uh, trend with uh, getting Milton back into playing shape where they, they were not going to bring somebody back early. So I am confident that they're going to be looking better health-wise as we go down the stretch here. And it's just a matter of, you know, maintaining and starting to build up some minutes for uh, people that aren't uh, Serge Ibaka. Um, uh <laughs> Are you at all disappointed that with uh, with the injuries that happen and the need for minutes from other players that maybe some of the younger players like Beauchamp and Jordan Demora who can't seem to find the court to save his life, maybe they should have got a little bit more time on the court as opposed to, you know, running out the same vets that, you know, 13-year vets? Well, the vets are getting less time uh, this year. I mean, right now we've seen, uh, you know, Javon Carter's minutes go up by seven minutes a game. So, so he's, you know, uh, he's in there. And then when you look at the addition too of, uh, uh, Joe Ingles, you know, there, you know, minutes that weren't there before where, uh, you know, Wes Matthews and George Hill are down six minutes and four minutes a game together. So okay. yeah, but, but is coach Bud still struggling with, uh, Hey, we have some young guys who, you know, need, need some burn right now and just aren't getting it. Yeah. We're, we're seeing that. But I mean, I think when you look back, you know, Marcham, uh, Bochamp has started nine games this year which is, you know, surprising for a rookie. But when they with the injury bug, you know, they were trying to get him a little bit of burn. But I think with Bud, the question will always be, what do the playoff rotations look like? 
I'm hopeful that he's not just trying to uh, save, you know, the 34, 35 year old legs of some of these players uh, for the playoff run, because, you know, we know what a grind that's going to be. And I think that's one of the questions that, you know, you have to look at once we're getting into the, uh, you know, the trade deadline talks, which uh, are coming up here. I think, you know, February 9th is, uh, is the trade deadline. So it's uh, it's going to get interesting, but I mean, it'll obviously be this, obviously be the same core. But what, what can we do on the fringes? Uh, and I guess the question I'd ask, you know, to either of you is, you know, we know that we're scoring three less points a game. Uh, is offense or defense really uh, where you would want to see the Bucks improve this year? I'm more worried, I guess, personally about. I guess there's a couple things. Sometimes the the defense seems to be able to be adjusted more this year in terms of just who's on the floor uh, a couple games they have a bad first half and then they're like we're gonna go big or they're like we need to you know attack the perimeter more or we need to so they seem to be able to adjust a little bit better there uh, I would like to have somebody helping Bobby and Brooke down low I guess but when Giannis is healthy a lot of times that's him our three-point shooters haven't been the guys we need them to be I would like to see you know somebody who can shoot better than Grayson Allen on this team in that spot. I guess is my personal look, but I don't know what you guys think. I mean that that is kind of a good pull on uh, Grayson Allen right there too. I mean it seems like we've been looking for that uh, sniper of a shooter uh, for about five years now. We had um, oh what's his name the tall drink of water uh, Mirchich, not Mirchich. Oh shoot, he ended up down in Miami. At the end, or they, they actually oh. took him to Phil. He ended up in Philadelphia as a shooting coach for. Uh, oh, okay. we had Kyle Korver. Uh, Kyle Korver, yeah, oh, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah. That retread that we pulled out there, but I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. So there, there still hasn't been a, a true three-point shooter on the team. I mean, Drew does a good job when he has to, and he can get on fire, and Chris yeah. can when he's healthy. But you know, it, Pat's been really off a couple times this year yeah. and it's just i mean we we have never really gotten that i i don't know pete do you think that's a a fair assessment at all or has there been a sharpshooter that i'm missing that i i'm dumb i mean we we've tried right i mean you know we, yeah. we tried with corver and then uh there was the uh i'm blanking on his name but the guy who uh wouldn't stop shooting uh a couple of years ago, uh, Bryn Forbes. Oh yes, uh, we, 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 <laughs> the we, one that you guys yeah, convinced yeah. me to just let him keep shooting till he till he starts making them. There, boys, yeah. he ain't making them. We're in the postseason, yeah, he ain't making them. So, a hundred percent right. You know, in that area. But you know, I, I think right now, I man, we have added Joe Ingles, who who is uh, who is a three point shooter. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, and that's prob and him and Grayson Allen. You know, when it comes to you know just a, a solid book. I mean, unfortunately, Pat Connaughton. You know, if you have a hand in his face, I mean, his percentage drops to nearly zero, it looks like, at least from watching the games. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, as we're looking at, you know, the trade market, I mean, there's, you know, some names that are thrown out there. One name that I've seen is uh, Eric Gordon. I'm like, there's no way. I mean, Eric Gordon makes, you know, $18 million, uh, a year. And I think with the Bucks cap situation, you know, we're the combined salary of Grayson Allen and George Hill is, you know, 12.5, add that on to the, you know, 1.8 that we're um, at least remaining for the year that we owe Serge Ibaka, who won't finish the year with the team. <laughs> and we're looking at like the 15 to $17 million a year range. And frankly, you know, when you look at some of these, you know, p- potential free agents or people that are going to be on the market, the question is, do the Bucks have the assets, you know, to actually pull one of these off? And, 
you know, I, I think we're in a tough spot because I think the only pick right now that the Bucks uh, can trade that would be of any value is the 2029 first rounder. I mean, and we have, <laughs> you know, we have a handful of second round picks, but when you're looking at some of those, you know, free agents on the market right now, I mean, Derek Rose isn't going to happen. Uh, he's on the, you know, he's in the second year of, uh, or he's in the first year of a two-year contract. And he's making, you know, the 13 to $15 million range. We're not going to be able to absorb that. But then you have, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Clarkson, and Jay Crowder are, you know, really the ones to uh, hmm. to look at on that end. Oh, Kuzma's but, an uh, interesting name, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, Kuzma's a very interesting name. And I think, you know, the question there is, is Aspen Price, right? Like, I think it's probably a given that he's going to be moving someplace. But the question is, who's going to pay up? for what the Wizards want, uh, are willing to give up for him because you know, they're going to be focused on the future. And unless they, you know, re-sign him, uh, this is their chance to get some assets back because he's on a very team-friendly uh, contract for the remainder of this year, making uh, $13 million and the Bucks are already, uh, they're already, you know, into the uh, luxury tax. So okay. we've proven that we want to, that we're willing to go there. But the one I look at for that instant offense is, uh, is Jordan Clarkson, who's averaging... 20 points a game he's uh you know playing in utah he's a spark plug plug off the bench and i think although we are missing you know that kind of dead eye you know three-point shooter it's really not the way that the bucks offense works necessarily where i think when you look at where the team is now sometimes we have a hard time generating offense especially when, once we get into the half court and if you take a person you know six man of the year candidate like jordan clarkson and you're able to figure out how to plug him into the lineup to you know, eat up some minutes and come in there and really spark things. It would that that would be my preferred pickup when you look at uh, when you look at the offensive end because just because I think Kyle Kuzma would have too much of an asking price, and we don't really have the assets to give for uh, a one year uh, rental on. But if you're going pushing all your chips in, and I still don't know if we have enough chips uh, yeah. for a guy like Kuzma, but it would be interesting to see. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, former uh, Marquette player uh, Jay Crowder? Oh. That'd be nice. I like Crowder. He's got, he's got a little edge to him, so it'd be kind of interesting that way. I was just trying to look through now on Spot Track, seeing who are the free agents next year. Most of them have player or club options, but yeah, I'm just so I'm just kind of like looking at a bunch of other fun names that look interesting here. But Crowder would be good. Well, well, and, I like that name. Well, and John, like you know what, when you uh, said earlier about you know bolstering the front court, you know Jay Crowder does fit a need for the box. I mean, mm-hmm. who is that one person that we have that we can stick on uh, a Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum in the playoffs? And that's kind of a gap that, that we have right now and have had since uh, since we lost P.J. Tucker, where, uh, you know, Crowder's making $10 million a year. Frankly, I, yeah. I think his uh, asking price is probably dropping. Uh, you know, I've seen a few you know places where they're questioning what his level of conditioning is right now since he hasn't been suiting up this year for uh, for the Suns, but... You know, is that something that we can grab with a couple for uh, with a couple second round picks? Uh, I don't know if it's you know at the first round level right now, but uh, you know if you were to bottle up Grayson Allen for him, you know we are losing something in, in that. But uh, but Jay Crowder can also uh, you know shoot uncontested threes. He can hit threes. Which, um, yeah, so, so I, I think that's that's an interesting look in terms of you know what are we but but where the roster is. You know we're going to have to get rid of somebody too because yeah. because the roster's full right now. So it's not going to be one of these where we're just adding somebody to the rotation. 
Um, I was going to say, too, you kind of nailed it on the head, too, and you said that thing about P.J. Tucker. That's what I was going to kind of say is that he kind of has that toughness about him. Um, Giannis is tough as nails, and he's a bull, but, you know, that's the one thing that was lost when P.J. left was having any kind of bulldog to sick on somebody. Uh, there's nobody who really fits the bill on the team otherwise like that. And uh, he's one of those that I, I'd rather have him on the team than off the team. Um, because he has caused problems for the, the Bucks in the past. Yeah. I guess in the finals he did a little bit. But uh, I, I guess my only thing about him is, like you said, he hasn't been suiting up, and I mean, he can't be. He can't be. Un, he can't be south of thirty, is he? So no, like, no, no. He, he's yeah. I think he was uh, born in like ninety or you know ninety one when I was looking at. Uh, so yeah, he's yeah he's right there in the in his early thirties. But right. but you're right though about about having uh, you know the mantra with uh, PJ Tucker was, you know, being some dogs and, and he, and he fit that role. I mean, he was mm-hmm. not backing down. He was kind of that person that you could bring in, you know, that would, uh, you know, bring a different level of energy. You get in somebody's face when you need it, but as annoying as I find him, I mean, look what <laughs> Pat Bev is doing the last couple of games for the Lakers. I mean, mm-hmm. I absolutely can't stand this guy, but he does bring something different to, uh, you know, to that team, a level of toughness that you can't pull out of your stars because the stars have to, be on the court you have to depend on them it's like mike daniels it's like mike daniels you're like you're gonna go over the line sometimes but man the parts where you're playing you are getting every inch of that you know every every ounce of that player doing what they need to do uh mike daniels was that guy for the packers for a while uh wayne simmons used to be a guy for the packers Mm -hmm. hockey fans brad marchand is that guy and everybody hates him on every other team but when he's your guy like go get him you know yeah when, when we when we had him we loved having him, and when we played him, and we have played him and continue to play him, we definitely hate seeing him against us. So maybe you guys could tell me. I'm not quite as up on the situation. Why isn't Jay Crowder playing right now? He filed a hurt feelings report earlier in the year with uh, okay. with, with, the, with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, lost his uh, starting job, and then they didn't want to renegotiate a contract with him. I mean, he's on a you know team friendly ten million dollars a year contract. Right. So they want they wanted to gain value out of him. He didn't agree, and then they came to this weird uh, weird agreement where he would stay away from the team even as they're getting hit with the injury bug right now. So wow! But it also That's... it also raises questions too. Like, you know, is he looking forward at his? You know, how much is he looking forward at his future versus you know really trying to play and bring value to a team this year? You know, what what are you going to get from Jay Crowder? I mean, you're going to get an unconditioned guy in his early thirties. We know he has toughness, but I used to you know, you're him. already talking 47 games into the season. So there's going to be uh, a time to get your uh, sea legs under you. That's some Derek Carr stuff again right there. Hey, just uh, don't don't show up. See you later. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm just trying to see again. What is Boogie Cousins doing these days? Where is he again? Why did we yeah, ever he, let him go? <laughs> yeah, no, he and, and he was very... Uh, you know, he was value added. I think when you looked at what were the Bucks lacked in terms of generating offense, I mean, he was a seven foot body that could uh, that could get buckets last year, and we sorely missed it in the playoffs. But you know, we had talked earlier about what does uh, you know the core of the team, how it's going to be, you know, who it is, and like a lot of those, you know, there's not a a James Harden for Ben Simmons trade that the Bucks can or should make, and that's a good thing. You know, we are operating from a position of strength where we're strong at the point guard, you know, on the wing with Chris Middleton and having the best player in the league in Giannis in the front court. And when you look at the players who are available, essentially you have Miles Turner, John Collins, 
uh, you know, these are guys who are the second option, you know, essentially on, on a team, you know, maybe third, depending on the team, but they're making a lot of money and they're going to be due a lot of money and they're not needs that the Bucks have because we're better in each of these spots. I mean, even uh, Jakob Pertle from the Spurs who, yeah, he's, he's a big body. He, you know, can do a lot for your team, but you know, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis are, are better uh, in, in those spots. So like, it's really where on the fringes, you know, can we go to make this team better? And it's also not going to be a Nikola uh, Vucevic from, from the Bulls, who, again, is a uh, non-mobile big man who is going to clog up space in the paint when we need, uh, you know, Giannis with the full head of steam heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm comfortable with the, with the makeup of the roster, but I'm weary of what it will take to build something on the fringes. Is there any players that, uh, that we haven't talked about that you guys are kind of eyeing up? Not terribly until I started looking at the free agents for next year, and I don't think any of these guys are like available. It's just kind of fun to see some of those. So I was like, "Hey, Curry's a free agent, unrestricted next year." You know, <laughs> Seth Curry. <laughs> right. Well, like, um, hey, you, hey, you know, another one too is uh, Pat Connaughton. Uh, you know, he's you know the players that are eligible to be traded. You know, you have uh, Nora Portis and uh, Connaughton. You know, just became eligible here in January as well as, uh, you know, Grace Allen. So that's kind of what it looks like for uh, for the way forward. Are, are there any of um, uh, the veterans that you were talking about when we spoke earlier today, um, vets who might be getting cut for dollar reasons that might become available in your mind, or did we, did we already talk about that? All right. So so dream scenario, Charlotte Bobcats. All right. I'm going to Charlotte Hornets again. Went back, uh, not way back, but medium back for that one. Mm-hmm. What if Gordon Hayward, you know, what, oh, yeah. what if they, uh, what if they're like, hey, we're we're all in on the on the Wemby sweepstakes, and they're like, yep, let's cut uh, ties with uh, Gordon Hayward and his massive contract, give him a buyout because he's been consistently injured. If there's somebody out there who could be bought out, that's one of the ones who I'm thinking because he has a a contract that won't be traded. So that's mm-hmm. my uh, if it happens. Wow, I called that early, and uh, and w- what a great uh, what a great pickup that was on the way to a championship run. And if it doesn't happen, then uh, this will uh, just be forgotten about quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, good. Here's one to think about: uh, unrestricted free agent for next year. He's he's a little older. Is with Minnesota, so I mean, like they don't have much to play for. They might want to get rid of a guy. They might trade us Bryn Forbes for a, a walleye sandwich, you know. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that where old Bryn ended up at? Yeah, oh, he's in man. Minnesota right now. So, yeah. But, that's, but, but you, you, when we're talking about next year, uh, you know, he's a free uh, – uh, Chris Middleton is a, is a free agent next year. Yes, uh, he is. And, and, he has, and he hasn't re-signed. So, you know, as we're looking at, you know, contracts and, and what the way forward is, I mean, I I think they're within the season. Chris Middleton is not movable, but uh, it, that's going to be an interesting look when you, you know, he's also you know getting older. Uh, you know, probably his last time <laughs> for a contract. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but so he's come. He's making thirty seven point nine this year. He's going to want to cash in. You know, as anybody would at that point of of his career. But what's his value looking like after missing this amount of games? What's he going to look like over the course of the? Uh, the run towards the end of the season. And uh, are we going to have, you know, a little more salary to play with next year? Or uh, is, you know, I, I think that that's going to really be, be the one to watch right there. Okay. Or, or, or do we let him walk 
and go after Steph Curry. I said Seth. Yeah, I, I... <laughs> Seth Curry no, is a free agent no, from not, uh, Brooklyn. Oh, oh, Seth Curry. Oh, I thought you said Steph Curry was next year. No, I, I, I deliberately know. led you with Curry and then oh. dropped the Seth. You son of a... All right, never mind, sorry. I don't know know where he's at in his contract. He might... I mean, I'm sure Golden State never lets him get even close to being towards the end of a contract, but anyways. Yeah, that's fine. But, but, you know, there is something to that, right? And that's... uh, And I think the Bucks have proven this because they've been active on, you know, biomarkets, free agent, you know, signings even within the course of of the season is... I think they're going to poke their heads places. You know, they'll, they'll ask those questions. You know, who's available, who's out there. Um, because, you know, the one I always think about is when I thought, you know, Boogie Cousins was, you know, back, you know, two, maybe three injuries ago. And, uh, he was coming out of new Orleans and, uh, the Warriors made him an offer and he was like, yeah, sure. Let's make a run for, for a one year, you know, coming off an injury. And they paid him like $5 million a year and he had a great run. So I think, you know, poking your head out there and asking questions, especially when you're a championship caliber team, like the Bucks. You know, it doesn't hurt to uh, to see what you know what's out there, and uh, you know, strengthening on the fringes is definitely uh, you know where the Bucks will improve themselves because we, we're in it with uh, Giannis and Drew for the long haul, and most likely Chris Middleton too. All right. Okay. Well, from there, then let's let's transition down to hey, um, Marquette. Hey, oh, go ahead. Hey, hey, John, before before we finish up on the on the box, uh, absolutely, I, I do want to bring up two quick things for the box. Okay. Uh, just to kind of round it out on on a enjoyable and happy note. So uh, <laughs> we're celebrating a five year anniversary as of a couple years as of uh, I think like two three days ago. Uh, any idea what happened five years ago with this team? With this team? Uh, yep. We'll see. Mid season. I don't All know. Right. And it's, you lost me. It's, uh, it, was, it was the firing of uh, Jason Kidd. Oh, my. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been five years. We're already five years out yeah. from, uh, from that experience. It feels and, so much uh, longer and every, ago. And everything it didn't lead to, right? <laughs> right. And sorry, it, 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 that's right. Because they won the championship in Bud's third year, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he, he had it. Well, it was his. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they, they came in and, uh, well, they had uh, the interim coach. Yeah, uh, for for a little while there, and then they picked up Bud, and you know, kind of started gangbusters and figured it out over the course of a couple of years, and mm-hmm. that's where we're at. But uh, and now Jason Kidd is, you know, if you've been watching the Mavericks, he's back to his old tricks of, you know, frustrating uh, his team, and I'm just glad that we don't have that to deal with. And <laughs> the other one, uh, in, in the latest returns, uh, we, and I'm personally, I'll wake up at any time, you know, over here in uh, in Africa where I'm at. But I'll wake up at any time to watch the All-Star Game draft occur, especially if Giannis is a captain, which he's on <laughs> okay. track to. All right. So, All right. so he, he's, he's leading the returns for the East, which means uh, you know he'll be sitting there on a split screen with somebody else doing a, a draft. So I'm curious to see you know what he says about uh, James Harden or why he won't pick somebody else on his team or uh, right. whatever dad jokes are out there. So <laughs> uh, the entire NBA would be winners if, uh, if Giannis stays number one in the All-Star voting. Well, or, it, was, it was him and Le, it was him and LeBron James that did the first like split screen draft, right? That's right. Yeah, that was great. I, you know that Giannis is going to take. Speaking of Steph Curry, he'll take him first because he loves that guy. If he gets the opportunity to draft him, so it seemed fun. Yeah, I guess That's the, the most other incredible thing... bounce pass alley oop in the history of the All Star Game was between those two. You also got to be careful because there might be some of the uh, 
based on his Instagram and his random Twitter videos with him and his girlfriend, there might be some adult time discussions going on because he is he is not shy about how much he likes being with his girlfriend. <laughs> Good for oh. them, I guess. But she definitely seems to get upset with him when he does that crap. It's funny. He, he, he he's a national treasure. He is. He's so for funny. For, uh, for, uh, for us and Greece, <laughs> there's enough of of Giannis that, that I think we can share him. That's good. Right. All right. Are you ready to move on to Marquette? Let's do it. Perfect. Marquette is now ranked 16th, and uh, every time I go back to, it, I don't know how the Badgers ever beat this team. Uh, this Marquette team is so good, top to bottom. Uh, in some of these closer games, they shorten up that bench. But they, they roll at least, like I keep saying, they're like a hockey team playing basketball. Like, they're running three lines deep a lot of these games. Uh, the, the recent ones, they had the, the nice win, uh, Providence at home, so 20 versus 22. Um, that, I mean, it was, it was a fairly close game, but Marquette was, you know, at least there or ahead most of the way through. A couple good games are from... They had Crosswell and Hopkins playing well, but Igodaro playing great defense. Even if he only gets you 10 points, uh, his defense was fantastic. And Cam Jones uh, just picked him up and carried him. And uh, Kolek got hot for a bit, even not from three, really. He he only took two threes, but he's still 5 of 11, gets 19 points. But, yeah, 4 of 8 from Cam Jones from four. That was fantastic. And then they just tore apart Seton Hall. I was just looking at the numbers. Was it uh, Igodaro and Cam Jones combined for 40 points? The team only gives up 53. The two of them only lost by 13, but the, you know it was 74-53 total here. And uh, another great game, shooting uh, 53% from field goal and uh, 33% from uh, deep. Uh, Seton Hall came out shooting, well, 41% from three, and that couldn't do it because they, they only shot 12 of them. Uh, but yeah, no, Marquette's defense is fantastic. They move very fast. They get a lot of minutes for a lot of people. And it is, I mean, I just want to say it's like the old uh, Arkansas Razorback stuff. You know, it's 40 minutes of hell. Uh, they just come at you at all times. They will guard every inch of that court. Uh, this is a very impressive team. And I think, I mean, they got that loss to Xavier on the road at Xavier by four. But other than that, they have been really just pushing around the Big East. Uh, I think that's that's their only Big East loss, right? It, it is. And, yeah. And so watching Marquette play this year, uh, and you are 100% right, I mean, about how, you know, the Badgers beat them. But this team, it's what you yeah. look for in a college team where in the growth of young players, they are better this week than they were last week, better last week than the week before, and so on and so on. I mean, you're looking at a team that's growing together throughout the course of the season and also an unselfish team, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I took away from that game uh, when I was watching uh, was Xavier because, you know, the Marquette's good. So I could actually watch them on AFN, which was uh, which was <laughs> great uh, because you don't get to watch teams that aren't good on AFN uh, because there's, you know, some, you know, limited channels. But uh, what, what what I took away was like, you know, Colic, like he's not, you know, the go to point of the of the offense. You know, that's not no. where most possessions are ending. But he was cooking uh xavier during the first half of that game and his teammates were, were feeding him the rock uh he was you know taking people off the bounce and he was you know go and he was scoring almost at will during the first half of that game and yeah. uh and his teammates were with it right and then when you look at that team like that who you know they're just you know shy of uh you know david joplin's at uh, 9.7 points a game 
from having uh, five players averaging double figures. And that, right. you know, they're, they're sharing the ball, they're moving it, and, uh, and they're playing well as a team. And it's one of these teams where different people are stepping up at, at, uh, at different points. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as far as like, the way that they're trending, you know, it's, uh, it's great to see because, you know, they're, uh, they're playing well together. They're, they're playing great team basketball, and everyone's able to kind of pitch in on different nights. And, uh, and they're trending in the right direction. You know, I hate to, you know, look at it this way, but I think about Justin uh, Lewis and how he left early. And, uh, you know, is he's injured. So that's why that's why we're not hearing his name mm-hmm. you know, with the Chicago Bulls. But, you know, what this team would have looked like, you know, with another, uh, you know, big body right. down uh, down low to go with uh, Igridaro, it would be, you know, quite the team. But I'm I'm happy with the way we're looking right now. And I think this is going to be, uh, be an awesome year as we continue to move through Big East play. I mean, strength of schedule isn't there, which is probably the biggest thing holding uh, holding Marquette back. But uh, but we you know beat the number six team in the nation twice now between uh, UConn and Baylor, so mm-hmm. we there are some signature wins that will help uh, for uh, for seeding uh, when it comes to March. Yeah, and I should correct myself. They actually also lost that Providence double overtime game. Uh, so mm-hmm. that so they do have they're eight and two in conference, so half game back yeah, of that, Xavier. Right, yeah. So I, I was wrong. I forgot about that somehow. Um, but yeah, no, that is the one thing that concerns me with this team is. They've got good length. I mean, they've got a bunch of six, eight, six, nine. But you you come up against a couple of teams that are going to have seven foot set and you know six eleven. Uh, sometimes that rebounding might be harder uh, when they get into different types of games. Maybe out of the Big East more than that. But sometimes the big height can hurt this team. I think maybe that that is probably one of the things that hurt them more with Wisconsin was uh, Crowell is just. I mean, as much as Iguodaro is a much better athlete. And does a lot of other things way better than Crowell. I mean, he is taller and got to a lot of other things there and was able to help out even as inconsistent as he's been. Uh, So that's kind of like their one real weakness. Like you said, Joplin getting 9.7. He's doing that off the bench. He's that Mm -hmm. scorer off the bench and how deep this team runs. Uh, And I think Shaka Smart's incredibly smart. Uh, he's, he's, He's a brilliant coach. He knows what this team is, and uh, they have bought in. That's one of the bigger things in terms of this is that they understand the system. They understand the selflessness this system takes, and they all look like they bought in, which is will make the contrast. I don't know that the Badgers have that. Uh, I just don't know that they're that team right now because I just watched a number of times the today because the Badgers just lost to uh, Northwestern. They lost to Northwestern on the road, which – Road games in the Big Ten, fine, but you got to beat Northwestern on the road. This is not that team. Uh, and just down the stretch, down by two, down by whatever, it doesn't matter. If they're down in the fourth quarter, Chucky Hepburn is going to run his offense. The motion offense is great and gets a lot of shots for a lot of people, and everyone's got to be able to shoot. Nobody else is going to shoot because Chucky Hepburn is going to dribble until he finds something he likes or until the shot clock runs out and he just throws up whatever's there. And... uh that's not running the offense. You know, it's like Aaron Rodgers. It's the hero ball crap. And Marquette doesn't have that. And they don't do that, well, and they play the system. With with Marquette, when, when I'm looking at this team and what, what's potentially the difference going to be down the stretch is, you know, once you get past, you know, the forwards of, you know, Prosper Iguodaro and Joplin, there's no front court production, essentially, uh, all the way down to, you know, Ben Gold, who uh, is averaging, you know, seven seven minutes a game and like in two points 
And I think as, as we're looking forward, is, is he, he going to turn into a productive player that can actually eat up some minutes uh, towards the end of the season if we're playing a larger team? And I think, you know, to hang it on, you know, our, uh, I can't remember if he's a, a Kiwi or if he's an Aussie, but uh, he, he came from, oh, uh, <laughs> need it, to know it, those it, things. He is a Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, so, so the question is, right, like, wh- what's this freshman, you know, 6'11, 220, you know, going to look like down the stretch? Because if he can start eating up some meaningful minutes and put a body on some person and clog up the paint, uh, you know, become a deterrent from, from going to the hoop, uh, especially if, uh, if it's a situation like Xavier where they can put a guy down low also maintaining some strong wing players around there uh he could potentially be a difference maker if we're able to get some more valuable minutes out of him yeah and, six and seven, he's, he's playing from... every game he, Go ahead. he's playing every game this year so we, we know that he is uh you know he's getting the look but if well what can he turn those minutes into and can he gain some more minutes to uh to really help out again in those situations where we need him yeah yeah he's from wellington and <laughs> yeah i was just looking that up too that man has he is basically one giant freckle um, from what I can tell, uh, but yeah, seven minutes a game average, uh, and 2.2 points. So, yeah. All right. Um, like I kind of start saying, and this is kind of an amorphous thing, but like the Badgers seem like the opposite where they won that game somehow against Marquette. They looked like they were really trending in a good spot. A CGN, uh, who I like to call a Connor S3 GN because he is a great three point shooter. He can spot up and hit from places. It is the new basketball equivalent of, did you know that's Barry Alvarez's grandson or did you know Braylon Allen's only 17 to did you know he's one of the top 10 leading scorers in Indiana history? It's going to get said every game. Uh, he's He's got his new marketing out. He's got his name, image, and license deal showing up now. So we've been seeing his little logos. But, yeah, the 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 play from Hepburn is spotty at times. When he's hot... He's a fantastic shooter, but it's a lot like every now and then the Badgers seem to get one of these guys where it's like, my goal is to, I'm going to dribble around till I, you know, throw up a shot. And that's going to be just, it's it's just kind of a death knell. It's like the things that they just can't, can't do because it's not running the offense. The offense is really designed to be uh, 